better, smarter, faster. The neural network needed to power the digital ecosystem of healthcare is poised to transform care both inside and outside of hospital walls in traditional care settings. Meaningful data analytics positioned in real time to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, seamless care coordination, and integrated telehealth. This is the future of connected healthcare. We talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape, what's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Leah Sims, Marketing Strategy Lead for Verizon's Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. We're recording uh, from the HIMSS show floor today in the Verizon booth. Uh, if you're at HIMSS uh, 2023 in Chicago and you're at the, in the exhibit hall today, come by and see us. We're in 4048. We'd love to take you on a tour of our solutions. We're talking to some of our customers and partners uh, throughout the show about the evolution and acceleration of digital health. I'm really excited to have Stephanie Trunzo uh, uh, SVP and GM of Oracle Health uh, with us today to talk about what Oracle's doing in healthcare and Karen Finger, my colleague um, from the Verizon Healthcare team who is an innovation principal for Verizon Healthcare. Welcome guys, so glad to have you. Yeah, thanks. So Stephanie, what we'd love to know, just tell us a little bit about you and your role at Oracle yeah, sure. um, to start us off and then Karen, you can share what you sure. do for Verizon, that'd be great. Yeah, so uh, about two years ago, um, Oracle, uh, Mike Cecilia, who runs our industries teams, came to me and said, We've been doing this really awesome work uh, during the pandemic, donating technology, um, helping figure out how to do vaccine management, both for our own government in the U.S. as well as other governments and other countries. And we've learned a lot of stuff. We think we should turn this into a real commercial portfolio and make this a real business, yep. right? Turn this into something that's a real global business for Oracle. And would you like to come lead Oracle Health? And actually, at the time, it was called Healthcare. Yeah. And um, I said, yeah, but we got to call it Oracle Health, right? Because this is about shifting from reactive care yeah. to getting proactive, incorporating wellness, you know, all of those things. So it has been a really exciting couple of years because very quickly after taking that role, we were like, we got to do an acquisition so that we really get the kind of industry expertise that we want. Yeah. And the last year and a half has been this very fun roller coaster of acquiring Cerner yeah. and integrating them into the portfolio. So I led that and um, now I am running all of our consumer products and our marketing and communications and kind of across the portfolio. Yeah, so that's great. Really cool. I love what you said there. It's really an evolution from, uh, you know, care as a, as a process to health as a state of being. Yes, really. exactly. So it's the full spectrum of that. That's, that's, that's exciting. Right. We can talk about that more. Karen, let everybody know what you do for Verizon. Uh, sure. Thank you. Um, yes. So I'm one of our practice leaders for our connected health care uh, ecosystem. And you know, I feel like I have one of the best jobs at Verizon right now. We Verizon's well positioned to really impact and disrupt healthcare. We so our team leverages all our assets and capabilities around 5G, edge computing, mm -hmm. our security portfolio, um, our whole connected health, you know, wireless wireline ecosystem, our partner ecosystem to really align with the health systems, the payers, med tech companies to help really drive that digital transformation of care, accelerate 
you know, care, especially into underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, health equity is a big role. So we co-create, co-develop with our partners and our healthcare stakeholders. That's really great. So you mentioned uh, the acquisition of Cerner. Right. You guys made a big splash in healthcare last year with that announcement. I know there's a lot of goals uh, tying uh, to your cloud uh, mm-hmm. solution, but more broadly around patient experience. I'd love for you to share, you know, what what, what was that acquisition model? What are you guys planning yeah. to do there? What's the longer term vision? Yeah, with that you know, I mean, just to give a sense of scope and scale, that's about 25,000 people that we've brought into the company, which means... Uh, one in four, one in five Oracle badges are people that came from Cerner now. Wow. So just the you know scale of integrating that many people, there's a lot of you know cultural work that yeah. has to happen as well. But we see it as kind of this this uh, perfect marriage really of Oracle, who's had 40 years of experience in data and technology, and 40 years of healthcare industry experience from Cerner. So we're bringing the best of those things together. Yep. You know what we believe that we're going to be able to do is take a holistic look at what we need to do to change healthcare bottom up in a way that nobody else is really positioned to be able to do. But at the same time, we also have no illusion that we're the only people that are going to be able to do this, right? We need to bring other people along, as you were saying, ecosystem. We believe strongly in building the platform in a way that it's going to be open. It's going to be API driven. We believe in collaboration. We want, you know, we're sitting here at HIMSS, all of these great innovators that are showcasing what they're doing in health tech and, you know, bringing innovation, we want them to be part of our platform and we want to give them the opportunity to continue growing on our platform. Yeah. I mean, certainly the timing is good. We saw, an, a, and we were seeing this before the pandemic, that the, that consumerization was really changing mm-hmm. uh, the way health systems are thinking about migrating from a focus on patient engagement to actually a broader focus on patient experience throughout their health systems, right? Then the pandemic comes and they're having to focus even more on digital doorways, even more on that yeah. patient experience or cross-board. Um, how is post-pandemic consumerization, decentralization, care moving out of traditional settings driving the need for CX transformation that you're working on now. And then, Karen, obviously, that's a huge focus for Verizon right now, too. Yeah, I guess I would start by saying that, you know, your point on consumerism, you know, I think, first of all, people get pretty confused (laughs) about what that even means. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being a consumer is when you're in the state of buying, shopping, you know, transacting. Okay, so that's one way of thinking about it. The other is just taking consumerism concepts like, Um, next best action, predictability, personalization, convenience, you know, applying those concepts across all of the kinds of applications that you need in healthcare. And I think that I've been kind of surprised by some of the reactions that we've had. You know, I'm wearing an aura ring, for example. You get all of this. We have our own data to the wellness mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Coming into our doctor's offices now with information that the doctors don't have about us. And healthcare's always been sort of an asymmetric um, industry where the doctor maybe has more information than the patient. The patient has different information than the doctor. The payer has different information than, yeah. you know. So it's it's a interesting democratization, I think, that is happening where the consumers now have data that they didn't have before. They have expectations that they didn't have before based on the way that they're not only pandemic changing the way that they think, but just, you know, the ubiquitousness of the apps that we have in our pocket every day that we use. 
they're bringing those expectations with them and physicians are now having to react to it differently and consume it differently. Yeah. So having a platform that lets them integrate all of that data into something that's more actionable, that you know, data by itself is useless unless you know what you're looking for, right. that you can actually drive yeah. to insights. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we definitely have, you know, our society has moved to like very much, you know, on-demand services. People want it when they want mm -hmm. it. And so I think a lot of what Oracle can bring also combined with Verizon is, you know, that personalized journey. And so we've got the aging populations that, you know, um, uh, where a lot of our high cost of care is happening, you know, and then you've got the the younger population that definitely expects mm -hmm. on demand when they want it. So how do we, you know, uh, really orchestrate and build the right connectivity platforms integrated with the right applications, integrating, you know, enabling that access to all that data and, and then routing, you know, navigating people to the right care at the right place at the right time on their terms, personalized, you know, where they want it, when they want it. So I think that's a great opportunity um, in the market right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what role do you think tech advancement's going to play? Um, wearables, for example, you mm -hmm. mentioned your R-ring. Um, certainly many that we're seeing here um, and connected devices, the evolution of that. There's a whole lot of them. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a whole lot there of interest is. in this space, right? Yep. Uh, how are you sifting through that and, you know, and leveraging the data expertise that Oracle has mm -hmm. to actually position not just data, but insights from that data where, yeah. where they're needed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, well, a couple of things, I guess. One, personally, I am a huge tech geek. So anything that's a device that I can buy and try out, I do myself, right? Yeah. I love to see what they're coming up with. How is the interface? Will it actually change my behavior? Or am I just, you know, kind of vanity checking data and metrics, but it's not really doing anything that, that adjusts how I live? So I do a lot of that myself and my team does as well because yeah. we're just fascinated by it. But I also think that... Um, turning this data into insights, you know, data is by nature of what it is backwards looking because it's historical. It's stuff that has already happened. Right. That's what data right. is, right? Yep. We're getting, as you were saying, much more on demand in real time. So you can kind of get to present moment in healthcare a little bit faster now. Um, but it's when you get to looking at the future, when you get predictive, when you have yep. enough of that data that now I can start to see trends, you know, my ring in this case can tell me if you don't get this much sleep tonight, this is how you're going to feel tomorrow. If you don't do this over the next week, this is how you, you know. So getting me information that lets me know what's going to happen down the road. And this is simple. We're talking about sleep. But now let's talk about a cancer treatment. Now right. let's talk about um, actually you're, you are at risk for a higher um, percentage chance of breast cancer. So if you do these things in advance, you can prevent that or you can reduce your risk. Getting to that predictive state, I think, is what these devices and connected devices are yeah. going to allow us to do differently than we couldn't do yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think continuous is key, as you mentioned, real-time continuous. Mm -hmm. But also, I think privacy and security is a big issue yeah. we all need to address. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, depending on... You know, if it's just for your own self, right, you, as you mentioned, you can look at it and you can, mm -hmm. you know, track your own behavior and you're probably going to change your behavior. You know, for a lot of the population around, especially around chronic care management, you know, I think over 60 percent of the population has two or more comorbidities. So how do we really harness and organize that more and make it easier to use, frictionless, secure, yeah. have the right supporting infrastructure um, with the provider side and the payer side to really bring that all together. And those need to really be, I think, more purpose-built, yeah. private, 
um, connected, secure, and just really just organize. I mean, there's just so much. You can just look around the conference. It's, it's a bit overwhelming to see. Yeah. It's great. It's great news. Yeah. Everybody's trying to tackle these problems, but I think we need to really execute and kind of bring it together. One of, other thing I'll, I'll say on that, too, is because I'm kind of building on what you're saying, Karen. Yeah. I... One of our philosophies, and we tell our organization this as a way of, you know, you make micro decisions every day when you're developing products. It's yeah. not just this one big strategy right. that everybody goes and tackles. You're choosing to do things within a framework of a strategy. It's an iterative process. Yeah. 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 And one of the philosophies that we direct the organization towards is point of care should become closer and closer to the human, more and more local, but it should be powered by increasingly global data and access to yep. global expertise, right? Yep. So it's kind of this interesting dichotomy mm -hmm. and devices and connectivity and security and all of those things are what is going to enable that point of care to get closer to the, the person. But now I get the access of knowledge from a doctor in a country that is uh, yeah. across, across the right. globe, right? Yeah. It's game changing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Really yeah. bringing the world to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Through technology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We talk a lot of Verizon about, you know, the care anywhere where the device becomes the location of care yeah. in many cases. Right. Uh, untethering uh, people from uh, physical points of care, which mm -hmm. is great not only for the patient, but on the provider side as well. That frees them up to be more mobile care teams. Mm -hmm. So, um, Well, real quick, just to add to that, I mean, you mentioned earlier democratization. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a great point and in, in terms of, you know, in these rural communities, bridging in specialists and experts from wherever they are yeah. all over the world, right, to serve these more vulnerable and underserved communities and, and help even rural hospitals um, really stay in business, yes. which is so important. Yeah. Right. Well, and the power of that data at too, their place, yeah. not just for yeah. the individual, but for population health, that data in the aggregate yes. is very powerful when there's so many things locked in that data right now that are going to be transformative to diagnostics, to treatment, to care delivery. So a lot of well, and I, I was just going to say something similar right. to that, which is that, you know, being able to deliver care in places that maybe you wouldn't have or have access to specialists that you wouldn't right. have, or the people who are not uh, digitally enabled in the first place. So right. we talked about consumers, yeah. but not everybody has one of these phones in their pockets, you know, and, right. but arming people with the tools so that they can help those people that don't have the phones in yep. their pockets. Yep. And I think that that is, that's one of the things that I think will be really um, amazing in terms of our work together too, being Absolutely, able to yeah. reach people that we wouldn't yes. be able to reach otherwise. And look, you know, we've looked at, you know, looking at, you know, putting kiosk virtual clinics in a box, if yep. you will, in yeah. these locations, because, you know, we take it for granted that everybody's got the smartphone or capability, but they don't. Sometimes you know. getting care close yeah. is, is the better goal than getting it right in their hands because that's not going to work for everybody. Yes. So I think when we talk about care moving out into retail or out into kiosk models, like some of the partners that we're working with, um, that's that's a, a proposition that's going to work for a large population, especially in rural areas where um, connectivity or the affordability of devices or data or whatever it might be their barrier or just digital literacy sometimes is the barrier. Mm -hmm. So let's pivot on that and talk about how important is connectivity uh, and 5G and really making those things happen. Obviously, a uh, big value I'm prop for, Ver yeah. <laughs> for Verizon. Uh, but I'd, I'd love, Stephanie, to hear your thoughts on where, where you think that infrastructure transformation is going to yeah. drive a lot of what, what you guys are doing. Yeah, today. well, you know, you, you mentioned population health and also public health and global health. I think when we think about connectivity, you know, we've been doing, as I mentioned, during pandemic, but since then as well, work in um, other parts of the globe and in Africa in particular, different countries in Africa. 
one of the first questions, you know, we kind of get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes because we're so excited about, oh, digital health initiatives and how can we, you know, roll out these really cool programs. And then you kind of have to come back to basics and say, wait, do we even have the infrastructure, right? right? Is the infrastructure there for us to be able to do this? And I I find that sometimes having... uh, I'll, I'll say Greenfield, right? Having the opportunity to start from scratch is actually an accelerator yeah. than in some of the cases where there might be really outdated so infrastructure, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I yeah. don't know if you see the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, for example, as we work with new hospitals, you know, it's, it's easier to kind of bring in, let's put in 5G out of the gate, mm-hmm. build it right versus right. the legacy. You know, it's a different right. conversation. It's more evolutionary. But, um, you know, it's, I always say like pre-pandemic, you know, there's pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, but but pre, you know, uh, people kind of took the network as an afterthought. Like they mm-hmm. just assume it's going to be there and work. But when the pandemic hit, new respect for the network. Yeah, yeah. And and um <laughs> and, and so we're seeing that acceleration. But you know, you can't do any of it without a stable, right. reliable, secure yep. network. That's kind of the table stakes. And then, you know, that's the building block. And then we build on top of that um, and mm-hmm. orchestrate it all together. We did some surveying yep. with HEMS uh, members a year or so ago or two years ago coming through the pandemic, probably mid-pandemic, asking uh, IT leaders, hospital health systems, um, close to 70% of them didn't have a comprehensive connectivity plan going into the pandemic. And their, the, the impact on operational response in mm-hmm. hospitals was so huge. Um, uh, that they all now realize they need to have one. So your point about the network becoming, um, yeah. you know, more of a focus is, but it's also about the innovation roadmaps. Well, like what, what innovation are, are we wanting to drive? Right. How real time does that need to be? How data enabled and insights enabled does it need to be? How is that going to support really point of care decisions mm-hmm. uh, and diagnostics is another huge area, but yeah, right. Um, right. for sure. Um, the use cases span obviously well beyond healthcare. Let's talk about the work Verizon and Oracle are doing together. What are we talking about? About how are we explaining? You guys have touched on that a little bit um, uh, in your in- industry innovation lab in Chicago. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a really cool spot. So we have an industry innovation lab actually right here in Chicago, um, where we showcase different uh, technologies that are sort of cutting edge incubation projects, but specific to industry. Right. So it might be um, something like a drone that can, on a remote construction site, you know, count how many um, I'm not in construction, so I'm going to say <laughs> how many steel bars are there that, that they good. need to <laughs> yeah, we'll Whatever, right? um, how, yeah. Can you do that with a drone? But then, you know, something like, let's say, a cart um, in manufacturing. And does the cart have all of the right supplies on right. it to put together X, Y, Z? Well, guess what? That same technology in that cart can now be, maybe it's a smart cart for a hospital. Why right. is it different? You know, right. these use cases... Although the content and um, the scenario may be different, right. the technology, the patterns themselves are very replicatable. So that's the kind of stuff that we're doing in that that innovation space is looking at through the lens of a particular industry, but then how can we take that same thing and apply it to other very industries similar as to well. Verizon's innovation approach? Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. I mean, I had the opportunity to tour your yeah. right right before yeah, the yeah, holidays, yeah. and um, it is very impressive, and it's all powered by five G edge compute That's as right. well. Um, but yeah, we definitely the ideas were popping on. Right? How do we take these and apply it to healthcare? Yeah. So drone, you know, drone delivery on yeah. emergency services, um, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, is one idea. Manufacturing, yep. bringing that into pharma manufacturing and med tech. 
Um, Did you see the, another... the police vehicle yeah, when you were there? Yeah. Which also a lot of that that's technology. That's all Verizon and Oracle together. Yes. And yeah. it, that technology could be in um, an ambulance. Right. It could be, you know, so. Actually, we're doing that. We have a pod. Some, yeah, over here on oh, the emergency. Yeah, yeah okay. if you want, if you have time yeah, to check cool. it out. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how can the work we're doing together be applied to healthcare? I think you guys touch on that uh, to make an impact on improving both patient uh, and provider experience. So I'd love for us to talk about provider experience. Mm -hmm. yep. So we've talked about the impact on the patient side. I, I think everybody's very focused on that, but uh, we're certainly seeing uh, a, a, a repeated uh, interest in supporting critical shortage. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, no doubt um, we see boomers moving into long-term care. Um, there's, that's only going to become more problematic. And so how do, how do we leverage the, uh, the innovation we're working on to support what that new provider experience needs to look like? How do we give them the digital tools? How do we make them more efficient? How do we give them more time with their patients and less time documenting? I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things to tackle, but um, but sometimes I think the provider gets lost in the shuffle uh, when yes. we're talking about patient experience yep. right now. Yep. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you can't really improve the patient experience if you aren't also improving the provider yep. experience, right. right? Because fundamentally, the patient's experience is not just about the tools they're using. It's about the care that they're getting. And if yeah. they can't get the care that they need, you know, I think that, um, you know, two things. One, um, worker shortages, right? Yep. And, you know, burnout and all of the burnout. things that we get. Yep. And if we can help with, you know, even coming back to the earlier discussion about devices and bringing care closer to the human. So hospital at home, you know, how can you enable um, a remote workforce so that you can actually expand uh, the number of people that you actually have access to? Yep. Those kinds of tools are going to be the things that I think help on the provider side. Um, the second thing I would say is that, you know, they're still humans too. There's not really anything different about applying consumerism to a patient as there is to the provider or the caregiver yeah. um, or the physician or the specialist, they want to work with technology in the same way the rest of us do. And they have right now <laughs> outdated tools that yeah. they have to turn away from the human that they're working right. with and yeah. enter information head down for the 18th <laughs> time that yeah. they can't access. And then the information they need isn't showing up when and where they need it. So, you know, I think it's it's taking those same consumerism concepts and applying them in the context of what the provider needs as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. I, I think also like, um, I mean, all great points. And, and just to add on to that mm -hmm. is the automate the workflow automation up front and we yeah. have chatted our teams together chatted you know it's part of that digital front door and how do you then transmit that data so the provider has it um mm -hmm. and and getting more of the upfront biometric and vital sign information you know automated flow through so mm -hmm. when the patient walks in the the doctor yep. or the nurse doesn't have to stop and take all that it just flows right through so i think that's a big opportunity well, and just the, you know, the, the potential and promise of AI um, in, in the right settings with the right insights, because we hear from providers, I need the, I don't need, <laughs> there's so much data. I mean, healthcare is really drowning yeah. in data, right? It's, it's what data set do they need? At what point do they need to be fed that information? Um, but it's, it's the potential, I think, of AI um, to take some of the burden off of them to automate things that, that, that need to be automated and free up clinicians to do what they need to be doing, which is providing care and really reestablishing that relational connection to their patient. We hear that a lot. So I'd, I'd love your thoughts on where you see data and AI 
kind of layering in from an automation perspective. I love the idea of, I, I think one of the dark horses in, in the race is voice. Oh, um, yes. You know, yes, I'm hearing voice. that more and more. Um, yep. Because yep. To, for you to tell anyone in a hospital setting that they can be hands-free and do some things with, you know, um, conversational AI in the operating room or a connected mm -hmm. patient room is practical and powerful. Um, so that's just one that I'm, I'm a huge fan of, but I'd love yeah, your no, thoughts Yeah, no, I completely that. agree. And, you know, I, I see a little bit of tension with that one, which is interesting. We'll, we'll resolve it because the pendulum will swing, I think, yeah. ultimately. Um, but, you know, with voice, I think the concern becomes trust and with AI yes. in general, right? Yeah, like yeah. there has to be trust that this recording isn't going to be used in a way that it wasn't intended yeah. for. That the translation of these words is going to turn into the right kind of content in the chart, that it's going to be yes. in the records in the right way. Yep. And so I think we're not there on trust yet. And I think that can only come on with- On the patient side or the provider side or on both? On the provider side. Well, I'm probably both, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more on the provider side at the moment, mm -hmm. but both. I think, yeah. I think that the general population is getting more comfortable. And I think that that's already on- on a trend that is going to continue with Alexa and Siri with all of it. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I can't live without them. So yeah, I don't know, you know, I'm sure, but I think on the provider side, it's a little bit nervous making, you know, this yeah. is a new way of getting system of record, if you will, content that they're not used to, to yeah. doing. So while it's convenient, I think there's a little bit of fear still yeah. about what, yeah. how it'll that's be a used. really interesting, great point. Yeah. yeah. Cause how many times we you know, do voice to text and it's totally butchered it. Right. But, you know, maybe that's a role for AI to come in in Clean a supervisory mm -hmm. fashion, but you're right, trust. Well, it, NLP it's is getting better, I think, uh, yeah. with that conversational AI, yeah. you've seen a lot of improvement from 15 years ago, mm -hmm. um, for sure. But, but if it, we can make that work well, then the provider is definitely looking at the patient when the patient's yes. in the room and not type, you yeah. know, and that would be... Nirvana. But even just the power yeah. of saying, "Where's the, where's Doctor So and So, or where's the, or, the or bring me my wheelchair, yeah. right? Those right, kind right. of things. Even yeah. you know, maybe less of a a, a trust concern around those yeah. than if they're dictating their record or right. their, or an operating room in an operating uh, room, recording, yeah, right. something right. like that. So yeah. Or right, a patient in a patient room using voice activation to, you know, I need the nurse or yeah, where's absolutely. my food right. or yeah. right, absolutely. yeah, and not yeah. have to walk over and press, or press a button or right because a lot of them are immobile. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. Using their hands. I mean, that whole right. to me, the whole value of a hands-free environment is that that so they can keep their hands on the patient, mm -hmm. um, oh, right. keep their hands right. in the operative field. You know, all of those things. So those are exciting too. Um, so this has been a great conversation. I'm going to ask you guys the same question I've been asking everyone at the end. When you come to hymns uh, or shows like this, what piques your interest? What what excites you? What do you leave here going? Wow, I saw something. Out, uh, you know, today that I didn't expect to see. Well, you know, I was saying that I get excited about looking at all of these innovators who are coming up with new health tech ideas. And what makes me excited is when I, a lot of people are, are building businesses around solving problems in today's system. I get excited when I see people using technology to do something additive or innovative. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I my hope is that over time, over the next several years, that show floors like this are full of people with these amazing new innovations that change the face of health, that they're not just stopgap solutions right. to fix breakage in a bad healthcare platform. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Point solutions. Yeah. 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 For me, I don't know that I can pick just one, but I mean, I agree with Stephanie said that that definitely gets me excited. But but to me, it's seeing all these brilliant, smart people in one place. I mean, PhDs, MDs, data scientists, tech executives, entrepreneurs, like 
all very passionate and caring about how do we really improve health outcomes for patients and improve for providers and democratize and bring access to everybody. I mean, the, all these smart people looking at it gives me promise and hope that, yeah. and I think we're at a perfect storm inflection point in the industry that only good can come from this, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you almost wish patients could see it. Aaron, our, our podcast guy and I were talking yesterday. He, he was saying, I, I wish I could, my family could see, yeah. you know, yes. what's be, you know, like people don't always trust our healthcare system for sure. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of issues mm -hmm. and they're well known, but if, uh, if the average patient could see how much, uh, energy and yeah. effort and, um, you know, intentionality is being poured into fixing some of these big problems and addressing the things that make healthcare difficult as a system, as a process, as a health outcome. Um, I think it would be exciting for them to see because I, I agree with you. There's a whole lot of smart people in mm -hmm. this room. It feels <laughs> who different are, who are now, driving though. Innovation. Yeah, it feels like we actually really have the momentum now to execute. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show, Stephanie. Thank it was you. so great to yeah. have you. Thank you. Love both. the work that we're doing together. Um, Karen, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Again, if you're at the HEMS show, come by and see us in booth 4048. Where's the Oracle booth? Do you know? Oh, it's Over actually there. not far. You can't that miss way. it. It's really yeah, big. I should know the number. It's that way. Big yeah, it's Oracle everywhere. Put you on the spot. It's, yeah. Big. Yeah. it's yeah. a big booth. So uh, we, we'd love to see you. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or uh, check us out at marketscale.com. Look for uh, Healthcare on Air by Verizon. Thanks so much for joining us. 